This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 641, brought to you by Harry's. Get your trial shave set. Go to Harry's.com slash iFanboy right now. That's Harry's.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 641. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. I'm melting. I think everybody wants to know. I want to know. How are you feeling? I'm feeling much better. I assume people inferred that last week when I wasn't coughing the entire episode. But Yeah, but you uh, also said you still felt crappy. That's true. I did still feel crappy, but I didn't. Anyway, the point is I feel better. We don't need to get into my whole medical history right now. I'm sure that's boring. Well, you know what? Maybe this is the place. That's right, Connor. It's a very special episode this week. <laughs> I've got your records here, and we're going to discuss some choices you've made. My neighbor made a joke about me having tuberculosis, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I had been coughing for three weeks, and I, I sort of forgot that. Uh... That's not the one with the guitar, though. Yeah. So it's payback for the guy who right. played guitar. Did he learn? Did he quit playing? He's on harmonica now. Oh, God. Is that worse? He's better at harmonica than he is his guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could do this all day, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are iFanboy at EveryWookerita.com. I like him, just to be clear. It's just, it was just okay. the I same, it was the same, it was the same, like, couple notes over and over for, like, months. Sure. No, I mean, you know, a good person and a bad guitar player can exist in the same plane. It's not, you know. Sure. Or a shitty person and a good guitar player, you may be surprised to learn. It's common. Every week we read our stack of comics and one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick. If we have time to try to read some listener mail, maybe even a voicemail. That's a tease right there. It'll be fun. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There will be spoilers. Exercise some caution. Everyone who's listening right now, there's an elderly bulldog staring at me and he wants me to move. I'm trying to keep him quiet, but I can't promise that's going to happen. So if it sounds like an upset pig, that's what's going on. He wants you to move where? He likes this part of where I'm sitting, so he wants to sit here. And because he's a bulldog, he doesn't know how to change his mind about anything. You know what's interesting is that before we started recording, we were like, wow, there's a lot of books to talk about. we got to be careful about time. And here we are wasting a lot of it. Quality content. So this week's pick, I would say mm, 10 or 15% was influenced by the fact that the book came out on July 4th, which is Independence Day in America, and I watched... Captain America, the first Avenger, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier, back-to-back on that day. Feeling the good Cap vibes. Captain America, number one. The, the new series from Tom Nahisi Coates and Lanilla Francis Yu came out. And I really liked it, obviously, because it was the pick of the week. 
you know me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Captain America. We, we enjoy Captain America books when they're done well. And this was interesting for a lot of reasons. Personally, the most interesting was that we tried Ta-Nehisi Coates' original Black Panther series. We didn't really enjoy it. We have been enjoying his new Space Black Panther series. And I wanted to see how he's doing because I thought he hadn't really grasped comic writing with the first Black Panther series. Since I enjoyed his Black Panther, I was really excited to read this. And I thought, I thought it was really good. And I, I know there's been some controversy about people's reaction to him being hired to write. But, you know, this is a pretty much straightforward Captain America story, which I thought felt very much in line with what stuff like the Roger Stern would write in the, in the 80s. It had that vibe for me. Yeah. I, I really liked that. I think I was surprised to see that it was pick of the week. Not because it wasn't good. Partially because I think it's really interesting. I mean, like, it's intriguing, I think, more than I enjoy it at this point. Mm-hmm. Because I want to know what the author is going to write. I really am interested to see the direction that he's going to take with it. I'm seeing that he's, he's, you know, they're sticking with dealing with the... Yeah, that's the only downside. Their aftermath of, um, is it Secret Empire? Is that what it was called? Sure. When all events are named with the same three words put in different <laughs> order, it can be difficult to, well, the Secret Invasion, but that's not the same as Secret Empire, but the Secret yeah. Wars, and it's like, it's, yeah. it can get confusing after a while. You know, but basically it's interesting that it's, this is really dead stuck in continuity, which is not surprising. Coates is not a person who doesn't know comics. Yeah. You know, he's not like a person who was brought in, like he read comics forever, you know, he's on top of this stuff. And we talked about this with his last, his relaunch of Black Panther, you know, he's definitely learned not to over stack a page, basically. Yeah, he's gotten better. Yeah, there was definitely a minimalism to it. I used to like use art a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of got away from it. It didn't. I, I remember when he first showed up, he was kind of a, a big deal and, and interesting. There was something about it that I, I, I don't know. I didn't gravitate towards. But I thought I thought this was a really good example of use work. It's the best I've seen from him in a while. Yeah, I thought it was really looked really good. I mean, we made the same joke with Ed McGinnis and Avengers. He's probably going to draw two and a half to three issues, but it doesn't matter. For this particular issue, it was. Good. The only art choice I would question was, so the issue opens with Nuke and a bunch of similarly dressed Nuke characters shooting up protesters in the National Mall in Washington. And, and you know, Cap Shield starts knocking guys out and there's a big reveal of him jumping towards the camera and he's got no eyeballs. And I just thought it was a strange choice to make in the hero shot reestablishing Captain America. Just not having pupils inherently makes someone look creepier. And I thought it was a strange choice. I'm now flipping through the rest of the book to see if at any point he has pupils. Now, Bucky definitely doesn't. He's wearing a mask. does. Yeah. There is not a single shot of his eyes. It's weird. Oh, right there, right at the end, page 24, uh, we finally see his blue eyes. Uh, but the rest of them, he, like he's going out of his way to not draw the eyes. Strange. Which is really interesting. Classic cap costume back, floppy yep. boots, yeah. big gauntlet gloves. Male. The only difference would be the lines on the mask, which I don't necessarily mind here. And I like the way that, because Bucky's also there helping in the sniper's nest, and it sort of recalled Brubaker's characterization of them from the war, where Cap was out there on the front lines mm-hmm. punching dudes, and Bucky was in the back doing the, the dirty wet work. Yeah. And so but here Bucky is picking guys off with a sniper rifle, which is much more brutal than what Cap is doing. I like and that. And also, you know, that, that says this is a Captain America who's working with the guy who's going to shoot people. Yeah. Which is notable in sort of a, a strategy to take. I, I still haven't read Between the World and Me. It's one of those things that I, I want to read, but I've listened to a lot of interviews and read a lot of Coates' writing. And sort of knowing where he's coming from and his take on things, I'm I'm just really intrigued about what he's going to do here. And one thing that I thought that was really good is that clearly there are allegories to the current political administration, but mm. it isn't literal. Mm-mm. And I really like that. I don't want, just like I didn't want Obama to show up, like I don't want the book to be about Captain America and Trump's world. Now, there are allusions to it, and it's definitely saying something like, wow, everything we thought had changed because Hydra took over to whatever. Great, that's a fantastic allegory. Go with it. And I liked that as a choice. Uh, it, it has the danger to be too on the nose, but I, I don't I don't worry about that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get too on the nose here at all. Um, the, the things that we deal with, for instance... Some of Cap's former enemies being considered heroes because they they fought against Hydra, like Baron von Strucker is now being praised for helping the fight against Hydra. That's an interesting level to it. That sort of recalls post World War II when the you know the enemy of my enemy was my friend. 
Sure. And uh, so what does that leave Cap when his the, the guys he used to punch are now considered American heroes? And people still look at him with a side eye because he was the one. I, again, we didn't like that story. We thought it would be best if they just moved on. They, they haven't. They're embracing it fully. So I guess we just have to go with it. And, and, uh, and, uh, and also, like, I got to say, I get it from a cultural zeitgeist point of view that that's the story we're telling right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, it really does make sense to me. We're sort of just everything that you thought isn't necessarily the way it is. And that's we're going to hang out there for a while, which is maybe not what I'm looking for in my escape of superhero comics, but it's a valid choice. Yeah. And I like the setup. So, you know, after after they defeat Nuke and his dudes, uh, General Ross shows up and says he's starting a presidential task force. And he recruits Agent 13, who's still old from the Rick Remender storyline. And he recruits Bucky Barnes and uh, not Cap, though. They need a, they did a different, more covert approach. And then there's a villain who is an X-Men villain I don't know much about and doing things and off on the side. Who obviously Yeah, I didn't you know, know who that was. I don't know anything about her either. I just read that she's a she's an X-Men villain. She sucks away men's souls. Not gonna say anything. <laughs> or or their body. She's like looks like female parasite, basically. I like and she's Russian. I also like... also also a modern consideration. Sure. Yeah. I like Steve Rogers' massive weight set. I'm always a big fan of that. I don't know how I feel about the Sharon Rogers, not Sharon Rogers, she Sharon Carter yeah, still being old. Like I like the, the, the drama of it or anything, but it's one of those things like, you know, that happened in that one story a long time ago. And it could again, have very easily been fixed. Yeah, that's kind of my point. It was, you know, they were dealing with the walking cosmic cube. We could have just reset a bunch of things and. I mean, in in my heart of hearts, would I have preferred they just reset everything to zero mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in the way comics can do and just start over and Sharon's young and Cap is not considered a villain? Sure, but they're not and they're de- dealing with it in an interesting way so far. And I thought this was really fun yeah. to read. I mean, I mean, again, from a dramatic standpoint, having her be the old one now and he isn't. Right. Is interesting. And they're going to dinner and, and you know, like the other Captain America was not good to her. And that's a lot of dramatic tension. It's mm-hmm. not, again, not necessarily what I want on a Captain America, but those are the right kind of choices to make if you're going to tell the story. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be really interesting and fun. And uh, as a fan of those old, you know, I'm an old, old-time old Cap fan. This really recalls a lot of those great stories. It's not, not Cap versus the government, but Cap representing an ideal that is bigger than the government. Yeah. It has that Winter Soldier-y sort of 70s espionage feel to it, as opposed to a big superhero book so far, at least with this if, this, this issue. So I'm looking forward to more from Tana Nisi Coach, Lanil Francis Yu, and team on Captain America. Good start. Really good start for the book. Now, this yep. was a week yeah. where I had, I had a good amount of books, not an overwhelming amount, not a tiny amount, but I thought it was a really strong week, at least for things to talk about. Yes. I'm shocked that San Diego wasn't this week based on... I know. It feels like they figured out, hey, what if we if we release all of our big books the week before San Diego, it gets completely buried. And they're like, all right, let's all do it the two weeks before. <laughs> so the book that everyone was talking about, Batman 50, Tom King, Michael Jannon, or Michael Jannon, we're never going to find that out. If I see Tom King at Comic-Con, I'll ask him. So this was the big wedding issue that we've been, in, we've been building towards for a while now. Who knows how long it's been we've been building towards. Do you ever, like step away from not the world but like sort of take a step back and and look at try to look at the world further back and wonder if you're if you're the crazy one or if everyone else is the crazy one connor that's i mean that's kind of my thing so you know we gave a spoiler did you give a spoiler warning i don't even remember because it was so there was so much going on in the opening yes i did i'm curious did you have this spoiled for you no so this was spoiled by the new york times I don't get the Sunday paper. I just get the weekday paper. I don't really go on social media. And once I heard this was out there, I just didn't go on any websites. Now, here's the thing. Didn't need it spoiled. I've been saying since the beginning they weren't going to get married. I finished it. I saw that everybody got spoiled. I didn't have it spoiled. And I'm not entirely sure what the spoiler was. It was that they didn't get married? Yes. See, I guess that you had just, you know, I thought, well, no, that, that can't happen either. So, first of all, once you heard there was a spoiler, that means the only thing that could be was they weren't getting married because it's yeah, not a It could spo- be that they did get, I don't know. Well, it's not yeah. a spoiler in the wedding issue if they got married. It's a good point. But the thing was like, of course they were never going to get married. This is, this is how these things work. I, this is, this is, these, are, these are the comics. This is, they're soap operas. So Catwoman ends up jilting him at the altar, the altar being the, the rooftop. 
you know, that's the way it goes. Now, I liked this issue, but I didn't love it as much as I really liked seeing all the pinups from the, the long list of great artists, including a really terrific Lee Weeks one. Yeah, I thought that same thing. I thought this was a little too long. And I thought the extended metaphor about their eyes was way too extended. It w- I liked the issue overall, but I just thought it was, I was like, after a while, I was like, okay, I get it. It was a little self-indulgent. Yeah. Uh, and not even self-indulgent, like, like, like team indulgent? Indulgent. Yeah, it was indulgent, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. <sighs> I mean, it, at the, God, that Lee Weeks one is great. It's really good. It's stunning. That guy should be a bigger name than he is. Just period. If he hadn't had that tag on the end to sort of indicate that Bane had sort of masterminded this in some way, mm-hmm. I think I would feel more ripped off. So I guess he convinced Holly to convince Selena that she was going to ruin him. Is that what happened? I, I guess it was super subtle, which I appreciate sort of. The point is, though, yes, he can't get married. I've been saying this forever. It's not like a big surprise. Like, yes, the realization she has that if I marry him and he becomes happy that Batman is toast, then yes, obviously, that's the case. That's why he was never going to get married. In the same manner that we knew because there was an outcry about spoilers, we knew the answer to whether or not they'd get married. The fact that there was a Catwoman series, which we're going to talk about next, is also an indication they weren't going to get married. Because if she, if they did get married, she would just be a character in the Batman series. Oh, I don't know that I agree with that. I, I, I didn't have any of that kind of thought. but I totally had that thought when I saw there was a Catwoman book. Because otherwise, she wouldn't be off on having her own adventures. I don't know. I mean, I, like, there's lots of ways to go. I mean, regardless, though, I, I think you're right. He can't be married. I mean, he can, but it wouldn't be permanent, even if they did. And two, like, I, I, I don't know. At the end of this, it's a little like, well, what was the point of all that? And then I go, well, I really enjoyed reading all that. So mm-hmm. that's the point. Mm-hmm. So I really, like, I don't so much like the end of it uh, because they basically just had to tie it off like a wound. Mm-hmm. You know, but but if the journey is the important part, yeah. all the issues that led up to this were really fun and interesting. Yes. And a diversion from stuff. And, and he had to finish it. And I... You know, I don't know that there's a better way to do it. It was kind of, you know, it was a little unsatisfying as an ending. But I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it's not an ending from what he's Tom's saying. It's only the halfway point. Okay. But well, uh, I actually, I will disagree with you and say the fact that this was all a Bane engineered plot made me like it less than just if it's a if it's a basically been a relationship book for the last however many issues. It's been about their relationship. She should have come to that realization on her own as someone who loved him, not be orchestrated by Bane to, to figure out that she's basically ruining him as a as a hero by marrying mm-hmm. him. The other question would be, why why does Bane care? Because he wants to break Batman. <laughs> I mean... Also, why is the Joker being subservient to Bane? Was Gotham Girl ended up as a bad guy? Is that I a thing? I guess. And what's the, who's the Batman? That's Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint. He's in this universe? I guess. No. I reject that. <laughs> nope. Wrong. I reject that. I reject several parts of that for that panel. I enjoyed this. I especially enjoyed sequences of it, but on, on the whole, I was like, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many more pages? Okay. Yeah. Like, there were great scenes, but on the whole, I mean, I was honest, obviously wasn't surprised by what happened because I've been saying it's going to be forever. And honestly, I don't know how anyone who has been reading comics for any amount of real time was was surprised by what happened or as threatening to boycott the book as I've seen or really, I don't know. I don't read any of that stuff or upset or, you know, like this is, this was, this was never going to happen. Never, ever, ever. I, I mean, at this point, like, you know, f- fan reaction is, you know, who cares? It's become it, it, like anything you see is going to be, it doesn't, it's pointless, but yeah, I, I think it kind of, it, it is what it was. I didn't. I didn't love it as an ending, but the you know as a, as a whole, it was interesting enough. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. I just thought it was too much. Yeah. This was a little undercut by that wedding issue, whatever two weeks ago that yes. we had to read. Kitty and Colossus. I was like, what's this? It's the same thing. No, that's not either of those creators' faults, but it was you know again yeah. zeitgeist. This then there's like a disappointment zeitgeist going through everything. It's much more likely that the characters won't get married than they will because these are yeah. ageless serialized characters 
Otherwise, they're like soap opera characters who get married and divorced every couple of times, and Erica Kane has 15 last names. You don't want that for That'd Batman. That'd be great. Nobody wants that for Batman. Catwoman number one, Joel Jones, who did some of the best stuff on the Batman lead up to the wedding, with colors by Laura Allred. Great team here. Yeah. And so Catwoman bails on Gotham and is in... They never tell, say where she is. Exactly. Yeah, I was oh, going to ask... It, yes, you... they do. It's uh, some city I've never heard of. I think it's made up. Okay. VH. I See, VH was all I saw, and I was like, what am I missing? No, is it Van the, Halen City? Yeah, Van Halen City would be awesome. It is now. It's No, it's it's in the news story at the beginning. It's uh, Via Hermosa. Van Halen City, got it. Van Halen City is much better. We're going to go with that. Uh, so she's there. She's gambling. She's not sleeping. Meanwhile, there are other people in Catwoman outfits that are sullying her, quote, good name by killing cops and going on scores and... I liked looking at this more than reading it. That's a true statement. She can draw. Yeah. I found this, whatever this other villain lady, I guess if she's a villain, I, I found that whole sequence really interesting. Yes. The, sort of the, TV the, interview. The, the wife of the mayor who's really the power and right. who, who has a very intensive cosmetic routine. <laughs> yes. I, I found that interesting. I, I like... The new sort of world building. Like yeah, take no, that was good. I, I, I liked this. Like, this was a solid first issue. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. Catwoman has a long history of being a protagonist. She, she had books forever. So that's not a big surprise. So here she gets a new costume. She, after however many years, has put away the Darwin Cook outfit. Has a new one with her armpits exposed. Mm-hmm. For, I guess for ventilation. I mean, it makes sense. It's not a bad outfit. I like it. I didn't even notice there was a different outfit. I just noticed the general, unless it's unless it's a, a handful. I just noticed the general, like okay, that's Catwoman. Well, she's still wearing, you know, it's head to toe black leather, but she has no more goggles, and mm-hmm. she's got these cutout vents in her armpits and uh, gloves instead of a full body uh, suit. So it's right. sl- slightly different. And no, does she have a giant ring zipper? Yeah, she does. So only really the gloves and the vents are different. Anyway, so she's, she is now confronted with a virtual cornucopia of copycat Catwomen. I don't believe it is virtual. Well, they're not real. Well, it's, it's there's draw- actually there. It's a drawing on the, okay, on, fair on, enough. On the iPad. Well, if we're going to apply that to everything. <laughs> it's a cornucopia of Catwomen. It wasn't some weird dude who drew and fetishized that up. It was the ladies. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading more. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a um, two-thirds female creative team. Which it will be pretty interesting to see if this is a writing and drawing pace that Joelle Jones can keep up with. Sure. I'm looking forward to more. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it, but I liked it, and I'm looking forward to more. I want to see what she has going on here. It's it's, it's interesting. Hombre de la Steel, numero seis? You tell me, smart guy. I don't know. <laughs> it's a very non it's, it's it's Spanish. Seis. This is my favorite issue of the Man of Steel. This, this, this I'm was, definitely sure Estiel is not Spanish for steel. Estiel. This is my favorite issue. This could. Have, this was something I thought about for a minute, for a particular week. Uh huh. So this is drawn by Jason Fabok. So I know. agree. This was the best issue story wise of the yeah. rest of them, yes. largely because there was some reveal that was going on. A couple of really interesting things, I think, that happened. I think. The, there was a couple of pages where Superman just started talking to Rogel Zuggerl, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. and, and and the guy's like, what? And then he just starts chatting at him. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? No, but what is that? So we have a couple of things happen here. One, he, uh, with the help of Supergirl, and then like a late coming Hal Jordan, who doesn't do anything, defeats the, the dude, Rogel Rogel Romo, ugly, uh, ugly face guy. <laughs> it's... It's the it's the father of that dude from the cat that lady from the cat. Yeah, he, they throw him to the Phantom Zone, with and then, noselessness uh, is the other thing that's in the the zeitgeist now on villains. <laughs> Meanwhile, we in the flashback we learn that Jarrell is taking or evil Jarrell. Who the fuck this Jarrell is? He can go off with Thomas Wayne and go screw. Apparently, it's Jarrell. We've just decided to accept that. Because if they weren't one hundred percent sure that it was Jarrell, this story doesn't happen. You think this would be much more emotionally crippling for Clark? Well, he's on the floor with a teddy bear. He takes 
Jonathan and Lois on an interstellar adventure. So that's where they're that's why they're gone mm-hmm. in the present. Was it that Jonathan's too? What was it? I don't remember. The, I forgot the reasoning why he takes him. Because he can't be all he can be on Earth. Because right. he's just he's too much. Right. And Lois wants to go on to uh, monitor. Yeah, and write a book. And so. Superman gives her, I guess, his old suit, the old trunkless outfit to wear. He only has the one, I guess. Oh, that's the, I get it. That's the explanation for why he's not dressed like that anymore? Yes. You d- see, he can't, they can't help themselves. And so, he, it can't, can't just be, help but explain it. it can't just be he changed outfits. He gave his suit to Lois to wear, and, the, and it'll protect her. It's made of the same stuff that Marty McFly's Back to the Future 2 suit is made of. <laughs> It just doesn't say drawing mode on, but it works like that. <laughs> and so they go off, allowing him to flirt with a firefighter. And so the, the, the day has been saved. But Clark is sad. Well, no, apparently uh, Superman is an arsonist. Well, that's, that's the big last page cliffhanger leading into uh, Superman 1, Action Comics 1001, is that mm-hmm. a little kid comes in to tell the hot firefighter that Superman's the one been setting the fires. Dude, I got to that last page and I was like, I really want to read the next one right now. It's been good. Yeah, it's been I know. Good. And this issue was the best one, and I'm looking forward to this run. I think it's going to be yeah. fun. Yep. You know, Faybach is Faybach. I, he's 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 fine. I, I, he's not bad. I don't really like it. It's not a style I, I I love. Right. But it's good for what this you know this is this is what you know this is your your David Finch your whatever that school is one of the Kuberts does it right you know the, this style everybody's beefy. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to read Death of the Inhumans, number one. And yet? But why did I read it? I don't remember why. I I know why. No, I was like, yeah, maybe they'll actually kill him. I bought into it. Which, all of them or just the... I don't know. The Inhumans have been such an albatross over from Marvel for the last couple of years that I thought, well, you know, let's see what happens. And then I saw Donnie Cates' writer. I was like, okay. They, They killed a couple of them. In this issue? I, I just remembered what happened. <laughs> well, what's his name? Got blown up. Triton? The Triton fish, got fish blown man. up. Triton got blown up. Maximus and Lockjaw were apparently killed and destroyed. And Medusa got impaled, but she's not dead. Did she get impaled? Yeah, and the explosion. Oh, of, right, right, right. The yeah. went through her gut. So, yeah. so basically the Kree... The Kree who created the Inhumans way back when have, have come to conscript them into war, finally. Much like Robert the Bruce's betrayal of William Wallace, <laughs> they set up a parlay with all the tribes. <laughs> and uh, instead of parlay happening, this dude, this like super Kree guy who is dressed similarly to like a rugged Black Bolt, kills everyone there. Unite the clans! <laughs> so instead of uniting the clans, they were killed by the British. And, like the clans. Uh, and uh, I mean, I you know, it was fun. Here's here's what I know. Unlike uh, many of the Inhumans things that I have read over this, just felt like the Inhumans. Yeah. Part of that is that it wasn't happening in the middle of the rest of the Marvel universe. I find that when that happens for more than a little while, it tends to get tedious, and it's been tedious for quite a while. Mm-hmm. The voices were pretty much spot on. I really liked the the place that Mad Maximus took. Mm-hmm here mm-hmm. in that he's you know he's not just the bad guy because it's his family too so he was defending them to a certain extent i loved there's a bit uh where basically black bolt takes over as the engine of the ship that was awesome which i was like that's brilliant it's like that's comic book brilliance i'm not very happy about the lockjaw. is he dead i mean it seems to it have looks like it i mean earlier vox did that thing to him where he sh- he shot off part of Max's arm, right? And so you got the rest of them with it, like where he disappears them. But oh, maybe yeah. maybe that reforms in some sort of phantom zone or something like that. I don't love the villain. I get the design, but it's sort of a horror yeah. based design. It's very similar to the spiky eye thing. Yes, this, you're right. It's very close. It's, you may remember it's on the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he has dumb little wings. It's it's Capullo esque is what it is. I like the mechanism. I mean, he's he's like part venom, part xenomorph. Yes. I don't know if I had met him, if we'd met him before, or if he's a new. I character don't think we here. have, but I'm not an expert. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's new. He's got those dumb little wings. 
I don't know, sometimes new villain that comes out from out of nowhere, you know, and is sort of the all-powerful. It's like Doomsday. Or it's like whatever. Yeah. I find that less compelling. Mm-hmm. The overall idea that the Kree are coming for the Inhumans and the chickens have come home to roost, I like. I thought this was fun. Yeah, I did too. I think I didn't realize it until you just said it, but because they were off on their own, as as the best in human stories have been, other than when they were introduced. It's like that Black Bolt story that, you know, was yeah. in his soul book. Same thing. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I'm, it I'm moving forward with it, which is, I guess, a miniseries that they're not saying as a miniseries because nothing is a miniseries. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Nothing is in a miniseries. You know what I find is that even if I'm not going anywhere, if I'm just staying in my house all day, if I don't shave with Harry's... I feel like I'm not comfortable. You I didn't know, know what you were going to say. Not, I thought you were gonna, you don't feel like a man. And I was like, that's no, a lot of pressure to no, put I on a I just feel like I shower and I shave. And even if I'm not going anywhere, I still feel better about myself. I don't feel unclean. That could be my own weird hang-up, but I'm just saying the smooth shave I get with Harry's razors, mm-hmm. it, it makes my day better, even if I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV. If I could offer a counterpoint. Yeah, sure. It's not a disagreement. It's just an alternate point of view. I don't need to shave all the time. It's, it's not necessary for me. I got to do it maybe a couple of times a week just to sort of clean up. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that historically is that if I do let it go too long and then when I go back in, I get an irritation. Mm. And so that used to be the problem where I would shave frequently just to avoid the irritation. But I actually don't have to do that now. And I believe we've talked about this before. I don't get a lot of irritation with the Harry's so I can space it out a little more. Right. So, you know, it works for everybody, I guess, is what I'm getting at. For all kinds of reasons. Yeah. And the reason why I think why you don't get the irritation, why I feel better after shaving, is because Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. And they know that switching razors is not an easy decision. So they created a trial offer. You can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy. The Harry's founders were fed up with overpriced razors, unnecessary features, making those razors more expensive. And they know a great shave comes down to great blades made of sharp and durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought the factory that makes some of the highest quality blades in the world for 95 years. It's a German factory, obviously. By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. Just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more. And a quality guarantee you got to love if you don't love your shave. Let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund, which is insane. We've already told them we love it, so we can't take advantage of that. We can't. Also, it's been more than 30 days. So here's here's the trial offer Harry's is offering to you, I found by listeners. You get a $13 trial set Everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, all in $13 value. Trial set. Listeners of iFanboy can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash iFanboy. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash iFanboy to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you. It helps support the show. Thank you very much. The, uh, the last siege, number two. Number we two. talked about it briefly before. I don't think it was patron pick. I think we just read it. Yes, maybe. Speaking of Robert the Bruce... I just kind of wanted to check in because I, I saw it and I was like, well, was I reading this before? Oh, right. It's this book. <laughs> and, I, and I dug it. Yeah. It was sort of a – there's a Robin Hood kind of thing going on where basically everybody went away. The bad guy sort of took over everything and now this one sort of outpost slash house is, is going to try to stand against them and they have one chance and they want to try to rally the other people. Uh, but the, the hordes are coming and the timing has to be perfect and everybody – on the protagonist side is really dubious about whether they can succeed or not. It's all or nothing. Again, there was a moment where I thought, is this going to be supernatural? Because there's a sort of reveal, and it isn't. It's science, and I'm fine with that. Uh, they have a lot of gunpowder, basically. Yeah, no, I thought this was fun. I had the same reaction you did. I was like, did I read that? And yeah. I did, and that was enjoyable. Yeah, it was good. So uh, continue reading it if you were curious, if you should. Green Lantern's 50 I wanted to mention because this is the first issue with a new creative team. Dan Jurgens and Mike Perkins. <laughs> Dan Jurgens, Mike Perkins. Mike Perkins. Is Mike Perkins done DC work before? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to assume he has. So the funny thing about this book is that... So there's been two Green Lanterns books. There's been Green Lanterns and been Hal Jordan and Green Lantern Corps. Hal Jordan and Green Lantern Corps features Hal and Kyle and John and Guy as the main protagonists. Whereas Green Lanterns has been about Simon and Jessica. In this issue... We get John, and we get Guy and Kilowog, and it wasn't until page 13 that Jessica showed up, and I'd forgotten. I was like, oh, right, this is the Green Lantern's book. So I don't know what they're doing. And there's Kyle, and there's uh, everybody's in this book. It was good. I don't know if Jurgens' magic translates beyond Superman. 
I can see that. It wasn't certainly wasn't his new fifty two Green Arrow for sure. It was right. good. This was good. It just wasn't. It didn't feel as comfortable as when he writes Superman. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't bad. It just it's interesting. There's been a lot of shit is going on, and uh, Mo goes under attack and. The idea of Mogo having like a weather storm that fucks everything up was new, was interesting. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. A, a storm of green energy, like green energy. You don't lane. want that, no. Unless you do. The Mike Perkins art was definitely a departure. Very gritty, mm-hmm. not consistent, I don't think, but a, definitely a different take on Green Lantern. So I am very curious to read more to see where this is going because I'm not sure yet what mm-hmm. I think about it. I think it's interesting okay. for sure. That's going to have to be, I mean, that's, that's almost the most you can ask for sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to check in on Immortal Hulk number two. I wasn't sure I was going to keep reading this, me but either. my curiosity got me. Yeah. This issue sort of s- cemented a little more where we are in the world that this is Bruce Banner. This is in the aftermath of, of uh, Hawkeye shooting him as he had requested to kill him and and and, and a, I think a reasonable explanation of what happened there and why. Mm-hmm. Basically, Banner wanted to know if he could be killed, uh, and he could, but the Hulk can't. How do you feel about him now having some sort of danger sense in the wound hole? I know what you're saying, and I think when it first popped up in the issue, I thought, that's dumb. But as they s- sort of refined it a little bit, it wasn't... It was basically the Hulk mm-hmm. who has a precedent of of having different incarnations, basically. Mm-hmm. And if the Hulk is in there listening and he's observing like a like a big green Sherlock Holmes about things and he's putting two and two together, he's like, this is the thing I want to deal with. Right. And so that's the way that I chose to interpret it, which isn't really necessarily an ESP kind of thing, but a like the Hulk being insistent because of whatever he's seeing. Or so something like, like not that. like elongated man's nose. Yeah, yeah, but in Bruce's <laughs> forehead. Well, I mean, that is what it is at the end of the day, effectively. This is basically, I mean, it's been God, it's been so long since I read the Peter David Hulk stuff, and I didn't read it all. But this is sort of like the Mister Fixity Hulk, and he's mm-hmm. not gray, but like he's chatty. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I, I mean, you I, like Big Dumb Hulk. I like Big Dumb Hulk, and I don't know the idea, the idea of Hulk sort of watching through his forehead, being like, "There's crime, we must stop," is weird to me for the Hulk. But I'm I read it, and I didn't hate it, so I guess I'll keep I, reading it. I always put it like that in my head. I just, well, this isn't forever. This is just what the Hulk is right now. Sure, so, it's, you get the Hulk, you get, and he's in no control over the it. The Hulk we deserve. Yeah, again. <laughs> but I, I find it interesting enough. I, I like the puzzle of it to sort of see what it's going to be right now it's in i liked this particular story the you know the gamma radiation i liked the daisy chain gamma radiation problem yeah it was interesting so when i finished I was like, oh, okay it's not yeah. my hulk but i liked it yeah definitely when i interviewed scotty young a couple of months ago uh we talked about the end of i hate fairyland where he said oh yeah it's totally ending i just haven't told anyone <laughs> and that's what that's why this was uh, the last issue. We did basically three issue last arc, and this was uh, the end of it. And I liked it. I think I liked the ending. I think that he was made the right choice not to sort of make it go on forever. I liked what he did with her in the end. He got She got the Vic Mackey treatment. She got a desk job? Basically, yeah. Like, she got out of Fairyland, and she's stuck at a shitty desk job, and she's just, you know, you know 20 or 30-something office worker with green hair. Who kind of you know regrets it and kind of wants to go back and I've always found fascinating, like when you watch those kind of movies and I, it's I've almost never dealt with this. What is the aftermath of having that life changing adventure when you have to go back to your humdrum life? The only time it's really I can recall being dealt with is sort of in one of the many endings of Lord of the Rings in which the, you know they're all back at the pub, and mm-hmm. it's, it just seems so boring to them. But like you know, well, I mean that's that's Bilbo's deal. Right. That's Bilbo's whole thing is that he's like I gotta go, I gotta go over the sea because I can't be here anymore. You know, when you have this crazy adventure, then you have, the to go back, you have to go back to uh, paying your bills, you know, picking up well, the dry cleaning. that's uh, Mark Miller's Starlight. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I always find that so interesting. And that's what The Incredibles is about. So it's, it's interesting to, uh, mm-hmm. to see that here a little bit. Well, anyway. he could, yeah. And, and you know, he could, he could come back and do more stories with these people anytime. But, you know, this 20 issues, I think, was good. I think, 
I mean, I, I think Scotty Young drawing and writing a whole book on a regular basis is going to get more rare. Yes. Uh, he's taken on. He's Agreed. doing. He's writing three ongoings right now. Yes, I mean, just why, why draw? Spend all your time drawing when you could write tons of books, and mm-hmm. I get it. So you know, good for him. Like he, you know, I, you know, I, we've known Scotty for a really long time. He's talked about a lot of things and starting, you know, come up with new. Pro- and he he did this one. Like he did right. twenty issues of it. He turned it into a thing. He did it and he finished it. And I, I think that that's laudable. And it was it was enjoyable. And it people dug it. And they, they you know, so congrats on that. Uh, and it was fun to read. So we're going back in the corner. Oh, that's right. Star okay. Wars corner number fifty. Star Wars is up here. And I could mention this solely because of the amazing Travis Charest cover. Mm. It's a gorgeous Travis Charest cover. And then inside is Salvador La Roca. So there's that. But you know what? Honestly, like I'm so used to looking at his art and these characters now that it almost doesn't bother me anymore. They beat it out of you. They beat the resistance out of you. If I back up and I look at it, you know, from an objective point of view, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But as I'm reading it, I'm just used to it. It is what it is. And I really like this story. Basically, the, the... it's such a big story that I don't want to go through the whole thing, but the the Alliance thought they had this really great friend who helped them out with something and she betrays them to the Empire at the last minute. You know, mm-hmm. we keep seeing this, you know, this thing happen over and over. Lando and blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And there's this really neat moment where, you know, all the Star Destroyers come out of space and they see the fleet and he's like, should we open fire? And Vader's just like, no, they don't quite realize it yet. <laughs> and he waits a little bit for them to realize how fucked they are. Then he goes after them. I was like, that's badass. <laughs> so it was fun. It was a really good, like, it felt like Star Wars. And, like, that Travis Charest cover's amazing. Was it super long? Like, what, what about it made a 50th issue? Oh, that is a great uh, cover. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, it's it's stunning. I don't know. It's 29 pages of content, so it might be a little bit longer. Hey, look, there's this completely second story in here. <laughs> that you didn't read? <laughs> nope. Written, written you gotta, by... Uh, you have to go all the way to the end, Josh. I thought I did. It said the end. I didn't... And it was, you know, longer than a normal issue, so I didn't realize there was more. It's a digital book, so I didn't... It says to be continued. That usually signals the end. I but, flip. There's cover gallery, cover gallery. Four pages of cover, cover galleries before you get to the next credits page. Right, I had but no way to know that. You don't scroll all the way till it says you're done with the book file? I don't need to, usually. I always do, because then it takes away from the in-progress bar. You do a lot bar. of systematic things that I no, do. No, I do it because it takes it off the in-progress bar on the on the main what? page of Comicsology. I just delete all the books as soon as we're done with the oh. show, so I don't notice it. I bet we use Comicsology completely differently. Yes. All right. Well, I'm glad that the cover was awesome. It was good. It was a fun issue to read, though. The, the storyline's been... Let us leave Star Wars Corner and go to the Patreon Pick Corner every week at patreon.com slash fanboy. All the patrons, every one of them can vote to add a book to the rundown of the show. This week, Cosmic Ghost Rider, number one. From Donnie Cates and Dylan Burnett, Antonio Fabella, Clayton Callis. And this was not a book I was ever going to read. Really? Yeah. I think you're a little under the spell of the Cates, and I think you, you don't want to admit it yet. No, I, I love Donnie Cates. I just was never going to read Cosmic Ghost Rider. Come on. Did you know what it was? No, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a Punisher book. This is a spinoff of the character as that was in Thanos. Yes. Oh, well, yes. I mean, this is the Thanos version. This is the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Who we, we, we yeah. Get, I like the, the thing. My favorite. I mean, I like this issue, but the, my favorite part of the book was the opening four pages. Three. Three pages that that basically tells his his story in four panel pages. Yeah. It that was great. That was. Really I great. don't know who Dylan Burnett is. Mm-hmm. Dylan Burnett is great. The, my favorite part of the book was the art. It was incredible. Yeah. That bit of storytelling, that that three-page recap of sort of everything that's happened, which, by the way, clear as day without a word other than just sort of tell you where the thing is. Yeah. Great comic booking. Mm-hmm. But each panel, each panel on its own is great to look at. Yeah. Every one of them. Beautiful. Vietnam, dead family, war on terror. He dies. You, you know, like, like Thanos is in the background of the death. Uh, he goes to hell. Mephisto is sitting there. Then you see him as the spirit of vengeance. And you see him, you know... You see everything, and it's just great. It's beautiful. And then you get, you know, Frank Castle in hell, which is the exact same story as Frank Castle in prison. <laughs> kicks everybody's ass, doesn't give a shit, pisses off Odin. Well, he's not in hell, he's in Valhalla. 
I'm, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Right. He's in Valhalla. Odin thinks he's trying to, he's doing something nice. And then he, he pushes Odin past that point. <laughs> Basically, you, you, you know, would you kill Hitler if, if you could time travel? Well, he tries it, decides he can't do it. And then baby Thanos beats the shit out of him. Well, oh, so he goes back great. to, he goes back to kill Thanos as a kid. And, uh, I give him credit. Yeah. He punches that kid. I Only mean, after he gets punched. Sure, but I was a little surprised that they, I mean, the kid jumps on him and starts wailing on him, but it's, you know, yeah. it's not a big deal as a little kid, but he, he full on cracks that kid in the mouth. And I was a little surprised that they allowed that to happen. Even if it well, is Baby Thanos. Thanos. And now he has a little Baby Thanos sidekick. I mean, it, this, this is totally in Donnie Cates' wheelhouse where it rides yeah. the line between t- silly and serious. Yeah, that last panel page totally got me. I was like, you just chain Baby Thanos to you. All right, let's go with this. Because there's a lot of things here that I don't like. Like what? Uh, thematically. I don't really like Punisher stories. I don't really like Ghost Rider stories. But the combination of all this stuff, along with the artwork, along with the attitude of it, I could read this. I don't want, I don't read this for three years. Yeah. But for what – I don't know how long it's going to be or whatever it is. But I'm in for a while. This was super fun and it was really well done. Yeah, I don't know what uh, I'm going to do here. I, I, I don't. I liked it. It just as a concept, I don't really care about it. Yeah. I honestly, like, it would be enough to watch the Craft On show. I, I loved what this book looked like. Yeah, no, Dil- I mean, Dylan Burnett is, would be one of the reasons why I keep reading it. So I'm going to make that a game time decision. I guess that's spoiling ratings. Ratings. Out of five, I'm going to give it a four. I will also give it a four. Sticking with it. Yes. Game time decision. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance I will. There's some real Kirby going on in this art. There's a lot of that that Kirby line design stuff. Terrific. That New God stuff. Mm-hmm. There's Kirby dots. There's a ton of motion. I really like the, the colors are fantastic. Mm. It's uh, Antonio Fabella on colors. Yeah, you know what? The colors actually really have a lot to do with the art. Yeah, the, well, the team together is working really well. Yeah, I'm sure they've done something that I don't either know about or I forgot about. <laughs> All right, patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you can go and vote. To put a book into the rundown, anybody as a patron can vote. But if you're a patron at a five dollar or higher level, you get your own dumb superpower on the show live, mm-hmm. especially live because I didn't prepare. Just Josh, you kick it off. Andre Morton has the power of attenuation. He can take the volume of anything down by sixty percent just by tapping it. He can't turn it off. He can't make it silence. But he can take it down by sixty percent. I have a button like this in my car. We have a lot of powers that involve people being quiet or the world being more quiet. All the world – I just like the word attenuate a right. whole lot. I'm a big fan of that. And also in my, my aftermarket car stereo that I installed myself, thank you, there's the big round button in the middle. If you just tap it, it just drops the music by like 60% so that you can hear what the kid's saying, which ironically a lot of times is can you turn the music up? <laughs> <laughs> my younger son has a very small voice and he always wants me to turn the music up so he i hear in the background just <laughs> what turn it up oh okay but i like that button yeah and i think it would be nice but he has to tap it so you got to touch it so I like see. if he was at a concert and he's like this is too loud he's got to make his way up to the pa you gotta tap all the amps no i think if he just goes well you could tap the house system, but then the amps would still be loud. The house system would go down. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a little harder for that. He he got tackled by security that one time. <laughs> James Fihili. Is that right? Fihili? Fihili. Fihili. James. I bet, I bet, yeah, I bet it gets sort of shrunk together. I bet it's just Fihili. Fihili. I say it with an accent. James can extend his arms and legs. He can make them twice as long. Both of them? Yes. His arms and his legs, he can he can double their size. Do the hands and feet change size? No. Okay. Do, do they do both parts, so like uh like 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 bicep and, and forearm. This is the whole arm stretches. Okay. Like a like a like a play doh. Does it gain proportional strength or is it the same amount of strength but with twice as much mass? It's got to be able to hold him up still, so he's, it's, I guess he gets stronger. Or is he always really strong, so he's stronger proportionally when he's in smaller mode? Mm, could be. But he can't make it smaller. He can only make it longer. Uh-huh. Make a leg. Uh-huh. Okay. It's hard on his pants, though. <laughs> the pants don't stretch. <laughs> okay. 
but that you know in a in a in a yoga pant world not a big deal sure yeah <laughs> brandon yonker can travel at the speed of light what whoa yeah the problem is uh-huh there's no useful application for that at all that does not completely fuck his <laughs> shit up <laughs> what do you mean I mean, basically, you take the tiniest blip forward, where's he going to be? It's almost like Black Bolt. Right. It's too powerful. It's too powerful. It is too powerful. So, you know, if I'm I'm Brandon, I'm spending my whole life trying to figure out, you know, how to use this in some way that would be useful. And then, but also, like, you don't want to sleepwalk. Well, yeah, I mean... yeah, no, it's a problem. Like, if he is just, like, if he ever tries to show off for a second or, you know, it, at, at the least he's displaced in time. But maybe, like, maybe he he could use, he could learn to use it in, like, a, a tiny, tiny micro amount. But even then, 186,000 miles per second. Say that he goes, I mean, if he, if he could move in a tenth of a second, he could go... 18,000 miles. That's a problem. I mean, yeah, the Earth is 25,000 miles around. All right, so he'd have to cut that down to the hundredth of a second, to 1,800 miles. It's a lot of math for him. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I know there's some sort of benefit, but it's, it's you, I mean, with great power, mm-hmm. you know? Zach Pindolia, I'm sorry, Pindolia, I'm sorry. Zach has an indest- – the top of Zach's mouth is indestructible, meaning wow. he never burns his mouth on hot food. I was going to say the pizza in college is a whole other thing. Pizza right out of the oven, shove it right in there, Zach. No burns. It, if you may remember, or maybe you don't, but what would happen is in college the pizza would arrive and yeah. there would be the mad dash to sure. make sure you got at least you know the requisite two or three pieces. Sure. And you're holding them, so you got to try to eat them because you can't as hold fast all. As possible. But, yeah. Yeah. No, Zach never burns the top of his mouth, no matter what. French bread pizza right out of the oven. Oh my God! Yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. He never gets that little hangy bit. No. <laughs> he, never, he never ruins the rest of his meals for the next three days. <laughs> He's chewing on the side of his mouth very gingerly. Uh-huh. Nothing. I gotta tell you, if I had to choose that. Over the inability to damage my cheeks by hanging down on them, I might go for the cheeks. Sure. Uh, that one happens more cause, often. Because I did that a couple days ago, and then, ironically, then your cheek is swollen, so you do it three more times. You keep doing it, yeah. It's more than the last one. For sure. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can join <laughs> up to get your dumb superpower at a $5 or higher level or to vote on a patron pick book every week. Thanks for who, all who join. Uh, up and help us out. Help support the show. I think my power was dumb enough this week. That's okay. We can't always be dumb, people. Maybe. Well, yeah. You know, I can, I've, I've made a career of it. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. As we said, that's where you can go help support the show. Our next stretch goal is a monthly non-comics media podcast. If you want to hear us listen to that, we're about $300 away from if you ever thought about joining up. Now's your chance. Our t-shirt store, iFanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our seven designs. The iFanboy logo, the Herm shirt, Pick of the League podcast ratings. If one is Electro GDAT, nothing makes sense, nothing matters. Which I hope I hope to see at least one of these shirts at Comic Con this year. Ifanway.com slash support. That's where you can help us out via PayPal directly. A lot of people do that. Just don't want to become members, and we thank you very much to those who do. Ifanway.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find links to buy the books we talk about on Booksplode shows there. And you can also find a general Amazon link. We thank everyone who uses all those methods to help support Ifanboy and keep it going. We really do appreciate it. Hey Josh. Yes. We got a voicemail. We have a voicemail? That's right. I don't even know how to do that anymore. <laughs> Hey, Josh and Connor, this is Matt from Long Island. I want to ask you guys a question about licensed books. Obviously, there's Star Wars Corner, and I know you guys are a big fan of uh, some of the G.I. Joe books in the past. But what does it take for you to read a licensed book? What draws you to it? Um, Is it creators? Is it a fresh take on the material? Uh, Just curious. Thanks. Bye. Difficult to answer, I found. At first, I thought it was going to be easy to answer, then I thought about it, and I don't know how exactly to answer which is good uh, uh, yeah and I, I think it's uh i think there's definitely some factors that apply sometimes and not others so it's sort of a shifting sands kind of thing i think the first answer is an interesting creator 
on a thing will will make us go to, more towards it. I probably wouldn't have read a Planet of the Apes book, mm-hmm. but Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becko on the Planet of the Apes book was definitely... But also you knew that they were big fans of it, so that made it more right. interesting. Right, but, but, that's be- but that also just because I'm familiar with them and their work, so that, you know, that makes me... Uh, they're not just taking a gig. You know, like I know... You know, I know a guy who wrote Vampirella for a while. Now, he can say in every interview he wants, I'm a huge fan of Vampirella, but that's a paycheck. Sure. Warren Ellis did James Bond. And yeah, I, I read and one. Did... I think I read one or two issues and it didn't really do anything for me. Right. I mean, first of all, I think... Uh, for me, at a base level, I'd have to have some interest in the property. Usually, yeah, because I mean, if you don't, you won't have any familiarity with it to see what's going on. You know, like you won't know what the point is. And that's not necessarily always true. I think we found with these Hanna Barbera books. You know, f- although obviously I have interest in Flintstones, but like I read Snagglepuss because Mark Russell wrote it, not because of my affinity for Snagglepuss. Yeah, but I um, that still feels like an outlier. Because sure. it was really good. If it wasn't, then you'd be like, eh. But even if you take, you know, Garth Ennis has done a bunch of these right. kind of things, and, and they're, not, they're not always good. Really, the default for most licensed comics is, that's not going to be good. And I remember the exact moment that I, I was way too late to realize this, but I remember the exact moment that, that I realized that was, at some point, I say IDW did a The Shield comic. <laughs> yes, yes. And this was before IDW was like a fully, we're just doing licensed comics. Right. And I was really into The Shield. I was like, I'm going to buy that comic. And I was like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. I think, I think we both did that. Around the same time, there was a 24 comic, and I was big into 24. Yeah. And... Right. So there was definitely a time when if I liked a property, I'd go, oh, check out that comic. Yeah. But that had really bad diminishing returns. And, and I, I sort of learned, oh, that's not, that's not the way to go. So there has to be another element to it. It's Somehow. a weird yeah. amalgam of creator and property and my yeah. re- relationship to the property. Yep. Do you remember when Howard Chaikin did the Die Hard books? Yes, yes. The Die Hard Year One. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Because it was mostly just Die It was just a, it was just a Chaikin cop book. It just happened yeah. to feature a beat cop named John McClane. That's a combination of creator, property, and the pitch. It wasn't just a retread of Die Hard. It was a different take on that, which, which I liked. Oh, and a, an adaptation is not the same thing as a licensed book. There's almost right. no reason to read that. Yeah, just a, and I, I just I tend to not read anything that is a licensed book from like a TV show or a movie, mm-hmm. unless it's something like Planet of the Apes, which is not really the same. But you know, like a Lost comic or something like that. I just, I mean, yeah, just not I'm trying to think if there've been good examples of that, and I'm having a hard time. Well, the outlier has been the Buffy books that yeah, those were good. Were really good for the first couple years and i just sort of got tired of them. the same thing happened with the show so i'm not surprised it's a hard it's, there's no easy answer it's 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 a case-by-case basis on on them and i don't always i don't write off a licensed comic book just for being a licensed comic book but it's a much harder sell yeah because it's a much harder job yeah. i think you know sort of have the option to like well do i give the people what they want do i put my voice in it do i just do like a bog standard so there's all sorts of ways to go about that mm-hmm. and you know i think that you know media is flexible comic books can do a lot of things that other things can't do but sometimes part of the attraction of the thing is in the form and it doesn't necessarily make sense to make something into a comic book other than they got the license yeah but and you I'll can s- smell that a million miles away oh they got the license so they're making a comic book of it but also like the skill and charm of the actor is lost on the page. If, sure. If something's really good because the acting is really good, then, mm-hmm. or it's good because the writing and acting is really good, it's going to lose something because you don't get the acting anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, just because, like, it was an example of a show that has a visual, but, like, Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad has a very specific visual style that depends on looking at it in sort of a cinematic or, you know, moving format, basically. Yeah. And so, like, adapting that into comic wouldn't make sense necessarily. Right. But there's been things, you know, that were, you know, they've done tales of, you know, or, so, you know, like side versions of it. Where it, won't nece- it hasn't necessarily been awful, but I can't think of any, so it's probably not that memorable. Well, technically speaking, I mean, Star Wars is a licensed book in a way. Sure. So No, absolutely is. It just depends. It depends on a lot of factors. Yeah. 
But I think both of us have learned by experience to approach licensed comics with wariness. Sure. We've been burned. And I can't tell you why, really, at the end of the day, why I'm okay with reading Star Wars comics and Marvel way more than I ever was with the Dark Horse ones. Now, I read older Dark Horse comics, and they were fun. We, t- uh, we talked to, we did, not Heir to the Empire, um, the Dark, uh, uh, you guys bought me that book once. We did a book explode on it. Oh, Dark Empire. Dark Empire. Yeah. That was a really good comic, you know, but it, it had its it had its thing. Then there were a lot of comics, you know, that Dark Horse did that, you know, it wasn't the A-team on them, basically. And when they went to Marvel, Marvel put their A-team on it, not right. necessarily art-wise. But, um, well, Stuart Eminent for a while. Yeah, no, exactly. But the guys writing them, you know, Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen, you know, they leaned into it and, they, you know, they had all their skills. And I thought that worked really well. I thought, you know, the Star Wars that, that Gabe and Karina did were really good, although I would have read that no matter what. Right. Stephen B. from Maryland writes and says, I've been thinking about this question since 2014. What is Brian Lee O'Malley's obsession with bread making you fat? And he included two exhibits, two pieces of evidence. One was a scene from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Volume 2, in which Ramona reveals to Scott that bread makes you fat, which is also in the film. And he also included a scene from Seconds, which was O'Malley's book from 2014, in which, I forgot the character's names, but uh, same situation where they're talking about bread and there's a realization, almost the same dialogue about bread making you fat. Mm Mm-hmm. So what is the obsession? I mean, I, I don't know. Other than he probably really likes bread <laughs> and is aware of the fact that it's a lot of carbohydrates. Yes. However, it should be noted, the bread actually doesn't make you any fatter than anything else of equal caloric value. <laughs> right. I think, I think so, it's – I think before – we became hyper aware of the food we're eating now as opposed to like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, bread seemed very simple. It's just bread. Yeah, and 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 non and he O'Malley is our age more or less. So he came up in a different time where bread was an innocuous thing. Yeah, it wasn't the unhealthy thing. Bread was the thing that you like. Oh, they bring you bread along with it. Oh, great, we get to eat bread. And what you didn't know is that you were consuming the same amount of calories in bread as the meal that you had also ordered. And now America's fat. Yeah, but the thing remains is the bread is. Fucking delicious. That's the thing. And I think that's everyone's problem is that it is delicious when it's made if properly. You, if you have a ciabatta and you slice it and put a little oil on it and put it on the grill, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. And the thing is here in Los Angeles when people don't eat bread, I say, fuck you, I'm eating the bread. And if there's a lot of bread at the table, they bring you the bread mm-hmm. and you just say, I'm going to have some of the bread. You can't do that? No. Because it's so good. I understand why Brian Lee O'Malley can't get over this. I can't get over this. It's terrible. I lost a lot of weight over the last year and change. And part of it was I stopped eating like like side bread. Like like when I would make pasta, I, I didn't make bread anymore. And I miss it more than anything other than orange juice, which I really miss. It's terrible. Life is terrible. It's a series of terrible realizations. Well, what's funny is that like when Subway first came out, and I remember this. Like when Subway was a thing, the Subway was the healthy alternative. That was the idea. Right. But it's 500 calories of bread and some lettuce. Right. Like it's not it's it's not a good meal. It's But at the time it was and they've stuck with that too. It's Subway eat fresh, do your healthy thing. Like so people are still like, "Oh, I'm a good Subway cuz it's a better alternative." Like it's just it's bread. I don't know. I got to call Brian Leo Malley and talk about it because I think I understand where he's coming from. Contact at iFanboy.com. That's where you can write an email or you can send us a voice clip like Matt did to get on the show. Thanks to everyone who does that every day. That was pretty far afield. I'm starting to see that we're starting to get a food corner thing going here. <laughs> now I want a piece of steak in between bread. What happened on the podcast that made you upset? Well, I really like the way that those guys talk about comics. But they did this thing where for five minutes they told me about bread, and <laughs> I fucking know about bread. Shut up. It's not <laughs> why I came here. <laughs> Didn't come here for your steak and your bread talk. Oh, no one would be upset with the steak talk. I had a steak that night. I had it the next day. It was awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's plug some shows. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, go over and listen to the Talksplode interview I did with Terry Moore of Strangers in Paradise and Echo and Rachel Rising and Motor Girl. Um, it was it was I, 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 I always get feedback. I always get feedback. My favorite one of my favorite parts of doing the shows is not having 
the conversation, which I am always happy with after the fact. But the bit afterwards over the course of the next week, people are like, oh, I really enjoyed that. And there's like this sincerity in it that I feel like I'm lucky to get to have these conversations and then bring them to people because people seem to really appreciate it. You know, not a not a billion people, but enough of a handful of people that I feel like I'm glad that I did that thing, not just for me, but for, for others, too. And I think Terry Moore was another one of those. I just, I just really dug that conversation. I was really glad that other people did, too. He's such a good guy. Like, it just radiates from the sound of his voice mm-hmm. uh, and what he says. And so I really dug that. So that means next month we are up for a bookslode in this alternate well, this month. This month. Do. Yeah, I guess that is this we're month. We're in July. It's early this month. And uh, we're here to, we can tell you what it's going to be, so you can prepare for it. We will record it and release it before the end of the month, but uh, we're going to be reading Planetary, book one. These are a newer collection of the Planetary, Warren Ellis, John Cassidy books. Uh, this one basically encompasses uh, issues one through 14 and, and a handful of specials uh, that are in there. Planetary, too. book one, probably towards the end of the month. Yeah, so you got a little time if you want to read it. Um, if you haven't looked at it in a while, that's the thing. And a little sooner than that is the Ant-Man and the Wasp podcast, which should be before this show. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Should be. Possibly. Probably. It's around this show. It's around this show. It could be before. It could be after. We'll see. But it'll be around. It'll be in the vicinity of the show. That's fine. Yeah. It's close enough. Mm-hmm. Also in the vicinity of this show is ifanboy.com which the show is in the vicinity of ifanboy.com as well, where you can go to find this podcast, all of our previous podcasts, that Terry Moore podcast, and the other 68 Talksplodes that precede it, of which a lot of them are Rick Remender. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> so you can, watch, you can watch that whole thing happen. It's actually 7.5%. I did the math. 7.5% of Talksplodes are Rick Remender. He's good radio. He is. That's absolutely true. It's just two guys just talking. Nobody has to know about it. Uh, You can find out what the pick of the week is before uh, this show comes out that you're listening to now. So you can be prepared by listening or liking us at Facebook.com slash iFanboy or following at iFanboy on Twitter. And of course, uh, if you're a patron, you will you will get updated on that kind of thing, too. You can follow us individually. I'm Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram. And Connor is uh, C.S. Kilpatrick over on Instagram. And if you like the show, leave a review on iTunes or just leave a star rating. That's for any podcast you listen to. It really helps shows. And if you can't support them other ways, you can help support by leaving a little rating or review. It helps rating. people find the show and everyone appreciates it. Even better than that is you can tell your friends about podcasts. People who you think might like the show or the content or the subject matter. If it's your mom, sure. If it's a person who delivers your packages, fine. If it's the guy who takes a ticket at the movie theater, also great. Anyone you think might want to listen let them know. Help support, help support the show. Spread the love all around. Can you sign here, please? <laughs> you like comics? No, you should listen to the show. Just sign here, please. I want to go home. <laughs> so that's it for this week's show. Good job, Josh. I thought you did a good job as well, Connor. Thank you for that. Hats off to all of us. Two weeks of Comic-Con. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Just want the emails to slow down. Touch me. Hold me close, don't